Welcome back to the Brewing Bright Minds podcast. We are continuing our series on what do our children learn from a preschool program. And now we're on to our older friends, our preschool uh, and pre-K friends, um, anything leading up to before our kids go to kindergarten. A lot of our themes that we talk about in addition to weather is community helpers. Mm -hmm. And so our kids learn about, you know, different jobs in the community and how we all work together for each other and support each other. And um, that's also gives them context in terms of, you know, adults in their lives and what they do and how do, how do they play a part in society? Yeah. And community helpers is actually huge. That's why you see it in every preschool classroom. They always do that theme because that's where children find out about police officers, firefighters, um, doctors, dentists, all of these different jobs in our community um, and why they are so important. And that's where they learn safety of, you know, fire safety. Mm -hmm. Um, They know that policemen protect them. Mm -hmm. They know that the firemen will help them if they are, you know, sick or or doctors will help them if they're sick and firemen mm-hmm. will help them if they're ever in an emergency and things like that. And that's why it's so important to invite those community members into the classroom mm-hmm. so that they get a firsthand experience. And they're also learning about it. You know, they're learning during community helper week is when we, we see things like when we start to talk about 911 mm-hmm. and stranger danger and things like that. And they're learning that at such a young age and they're taking that with them forever. Yes. And they're at their age three to five. They're really at the age where they can really understand and process and um, make connections. Mm -hmm. And so they're really learning as we go through these themes, they're really learning these concepts in so many layers. So they'll learn it, you know, through reading a book at school Mm -hmm. and then they'll learn it at table time where they do an activity um about you know community helpers and then they will dress up in the dramatic play area as community helpers and then we invite community helpers to come i mean what more and how ideal is it that the way that we approach and teaching young kids, I mean, I feel like we should do that for everyone mm-hmm. um, because they're mm-hmm. learning it in so many different contexts and so many different approaches that if they didn't quite get it the first time, mm-hmm. they're getting it more and more. And if they did get it the first time, then they're learning it on such a deeper, deeper level. And that's what you really want. You want learning to be um, interest-based, but also deep so that they can internalize it and apply it. And then now they're making connections into how the world works, Mm -hmm. what is their role in their community, what could be their potential role in the future. Yeah. Uh, It allows them to just explore and imagine all the possibilities because they have a real understanding of the world around them. Yeah. I think it's also important at this age, I mean, our kids at three to five years are so much more independent. So now they really know how to wash their hands. (laughs) (laughs) They are potty trained. They are so proud of themselves um, of being potty trained and being able to, you know, control their bodily urges. And they also learn how to protect themselves Mm -hmm. and um, and respect each other and each other's bodies. A lot of times, I mean, you know, it's kind of the age where they're becoming more exploratory about mm-hmm. their bodies. And sometimes we're having um, very mature conversations yes. about their bodies. Which and is normal. Which is totally, totally normal. I think we all start to kind of 
um, we start to get a little bit, uh, our senses are heightened when yes. we start talking about. Well, and as adults, it's uncomfortable yes. because we have an adult thinking of what is happening. Yes. But as a child, they are just exploring their bodies um, mm-hmm. and what cause and effect. Yeah. Um, and so we as adults, as teachers and parents need to take our emotions out of it and remember that it is normal mm-hmm. and that if your child has just finished potty training and they have mastered it and they're in the bathroom, they might be curious about the opposite sex yeah. and what their body looks like. Yeah. And that is so normal. And it is so important for parents and teachers to have those conversations as they arise in a yes. very appropriate manner. So using anatomically correct names mm-hmm. for things, mm-hmm. for body parts, um, and for certain words, mm-hmm. using the correct words so that their children understand mm-hmm. um, and they can have conversations, very open conversations about it. And when you start those conversations so young at three to five, then when they are teenagers, they are going to be more open to having those conversations Absolutely. with their peers and with their parents in a comfortable way and ultimately keeping them safe. Yes. And so it's for parents uh, and teachers, it's absolutely natural for them to wonder um, about their private areas. Mm -hmm. It's this is your opportunity to teach them that, you know, boys and girls are different Mm -hmm. and have different body parts, but that they are private. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, all the time, if there's potty talk, you know, you go straight to the to the body. Yeah. The, it's only a time and place to discuss these areas. Um, we all respect each other's body parts or, you know, entire bodies. We do not touch or 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 push or do anything to each other's bodies without, you know, asking or making sure that we're making our friends feel comfortable. And we have conver- have hard conversations with our older friends. Yeah. Um, I've had to tell them um, just because this is what I would want for my kids is um, we want them to be set up for any situation that you know, they may come across as they get older. And so if a certain friend is, you know, checking under the stalls mm-hmm. or if a certain friend is, you know, peeking at you, um, you have a right to say, hey, this is private. This is my body. Right. Stop looking. And you need to give them that script to be firm and clear and not disrespectful. You're just right. fighting to, you know, you want boundaries. Yeah. Teaching this, those boundaries is so important. Right. And this also goes with things like hugging your mm-hmm. friends and hand holding and just touching in general, like hitting and kicking, like you're saying, and just respecting each other's bodies. And so there are certain times when our four, any age, but mm-hmm. I've heard a lot from our four-year-olds mm-hmm. where they don't, they say, I don't want to hug. Yeah. I don't want to hug. Or their parent will come pick them up and they'll say, okay, say bye to your friends, give so-and-so a hug. And they say, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to hug them. And that is so, that's so great that they are saying that mm-hmm. because they are saying that they don't want their body touched. Mm-hmm. They, for, for many different reasons, they're not in the mood, they're uncomfortable. They just want to go home, but they're saying they don't want their body touched. I don't want to hug. And we, res- we, we, teach them that it is okay and it is still being respectful. Yes. Your friend is not being unkind to you. They are just respecting their bodies. Yes. So this goes in, this goes in, in ways of respecting your private areas, but also respecting your entire body as a whole. Yes. And respecting when someone says no, 
And mm-hmm. so that they learn that at a really young age. And that's just communicating again. Right. They need to communicate what they need, what they want, what they don't want, so that when they are at a bigger school with older kids and, you know, a lower ratio, they're able to have those conversations and handle those conflicts themselves. I have told our older friends in terms of safety and stranger danger, um, if an adult or someone that you know or don't know, you Mm -hmm. know, are approaching you and are asking to do things to your private areas or, or asking you about your private areas or, you know, Teaching them this is the boundary. Yeah. If mommy and daddy or, you know, certain whatever your parents decide in terms of who is allowed to do what, who's allowed to wipe you in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. You know, who is, who isn't. If anyone is, if a friend or an adult is is crossing that boundary, this is what you say. No, no, thank you. Go tell your teacher right away. They need to know that my body is mine. This is my boundary. Please respect it. And if someone... Older than them is, you know, pushing that. How do you react? Yeah. And this is super helpful to learn in school that parents may. That's not something they think of. They don't think that they're mm-hmm. going to learn this in school. And it it may be so helpful to parents, especially first time parents who are uncomfortable because they've yeah. never been through it. Yeah. And so it's so helpful to be a part of a team and be a part of a team with your child's teacher because you know that they'll learn it at school and at home. It also opens up the doors of they come home, your child comes home from school and they heard this from a friend. And so it opens the door for the parents to have those open conversations. And the younger that all of that starts, the better, because like I said, you'll be able to have those more open conversations when they're older and they'll just feel more comfortable coming to you as a parent. Um, And that's why we teach it in early childhood. Yeah. And it's just how to respond to um, challenging social Mm -hmm. situations, even if, you know, I learned this inappropriate thing, Mm -hmm. you know, well, what are our values as a family? What are our values in our classroom? Even if that friend said that, we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, even if if that friend or that family chooses to do that, um, that's totally fine. And we accept it. We're accepting of everyone and we love everyone. Mm-hmm. However, this is our values and this is how we choose to yeah. you know, react. And so that's just it's great to be in school for that. But also parents have to be prepared. Yes. You're not you're going to how many times I've had to have conversations with my daughter um, about friends and mm-hmm. even like, I know you like that friend, but guard yeah. your heart. I've said that to her. Yeah, because because they're learning. They're learning good, positive mm-hmm. things. And they're also learning not so good mm-hmm. negative things, which are equally important mm-hmm. because they're coming home and they're saying a certain word mm-hmm. or they're playing with a you know, certain way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is a perfect time to say as a family we don't value this word yes. or we don't value this action. And so they are learning, okay, it is okay for this child to do it because their family is completely different than mine. Yeah. And it's not okay for me to do it. And so that is the individuality that they are learning at such a young age. Yes. And so again, it falls back to your values as a family, the values as a school. Do they align? Um, do you see partners Uh, with the teachers in the classroom to help you teach those values to your kids? And are you ready? Are you ready to have, because I've had to have hard conversations with parents and you can just tell that they weren't prepared for these challenges. Mm -hmm. And it's not a good or bad thing. It's just like, okay, we're in it now. Um, 
ultimately it's a positive thing because it's providing opportunities for you to teach lifelong yes. practical social um, skills for your kids to deal with hard situations and it's better that they do it now when they're yeah. so young I was just gonna say I I feel like I hear a lot of parents and even you say a lot of the times that I didn't realize I was gonna have to have this conversation yeah. with my three-year-old yeah you know but you will yeah. <laughs> especially if they're in a school setting and if your child is very well spoken for their age mm-hmm. and they're saying lots of different things and you're going to have to have these hard conversations at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it's good because then you'll know how to how to talk about it when they're older. Yes, it's a more controlled setting in order to lay that foundation of thinking and, and values and appropriate responses for your kids. And it's a simpler situation to teach them those values so that when they are second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, those those situations become more complex, but they're still going to fall back on these skills, Mm -hmm. this reasoning. And so it's just so, so important, but it's equal, equally important for them to be in school and have those opportunities, but you can't have those things take place and not have those conversations. So then, because if you don't have those conversations and you don't nip certain things in the bud, then, then being in school is not, (laughs) not a great thing. Yeah. Well, and it's because, you know, School is not for every mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we want them all. But if like every family dynamic is different and it might be better for this certain child to have one on one care with a nanny or babysitter or stay yes. at home with a parent. If you're not able to spend if you don't have the ab- ability or time yeah. or flexibility to, you know, take advantage of those moments. Right. Yeah. Everything that the kids have been, all the skills that they have been building since infancy, all the fine motor skills, all the gross motor skills is now culminating to this age of three to five of where they can really apply it to Mm -hmm. where they can do exciting things. So now they can play soccer Mm -hmm. and understand the nature of a game, a competitive game and learn sportsmanship because they can run and kick and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, do all those things. They they've built their fine motor skills so strong. So now they can write their name and they can trace and they can write sentences. Um, So now they are strong enough to be able to have real practical skills. Yeah. And like you're saying, this all infancy in the toddler classroom, it all led up to this point. And they are able to problem solve while they're doing their games. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned soccer and we have a really great thriving soccer program at our school. Mm-hmm. And we don't have many conflicts during our soccer practices because our children have such great problem solving skills and they are able to focus less on oh, I can't run, I can't kick this ball because they've mastered that skill. Mm -hmm. And then if, you know, so if this person tripped, they help them up. Mm -hmm. If this person accidentally took their ball, they say, oh, that's my ball, yours is over there. They have all of these skills to help them in competitive sports and to help them on the playground, even when they're just during free unstructured um, play, they have all those skills. And then in the classroom, they have their desk skills where they can sit in a desk and write their name and trace certain mm-hmm. things. And all of that will make them so much more prepared and confident when they go into elementary school. Absolutely. So really it's, it's, I know we keep saying it, but everything's just culminating into this three to five year old age where 
uh, you know, fine and gross motor skills are down. Now they're shining in their sports and mm-hmm. their their writing skills. Uh, they are more equipped to handle conflicts. So when they play sports or when they play with their friends on the playground, they can resolve their issues in a calm and respectful manner. Um, they have learned time and time again to get back up when they fall mm-hmm. or when they're crawling or standing or or when they're they keep making mistakes. So now they are receptive and willing to take on challenges when they're learning. And so you've really built this little human who's ready to take on challenges in every respect because they feel capable and confident and strong. And in times when they don't, then your teacher who knows you very, very well Mm -hmm. since uh, who's seen you on at school since you were an infant, they can they know how to support you really, really well because, uh, they know they know your nature and they know when to anticipate when you'll have challenges. So it's really the perfect learning mm-hmm. set up and environment uh, for kids if you're finding a quality program, because then your kids should go into kindergarten feeling so good and so ready. And I watch our kids now, our three to five year old kids, and they're in this perfect, harmonious yes. family <laughs> family classroom dynamic. And it's so beautiful because they are getting along with each other. They are helping each other. They are respecting each other and and listening to the teachers really well and 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 expressing their ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just a really amazing little microcosm of a society that is perfectly run. Because they have the skills to do that. So if they're able to be a phenomenal citizen in this little Mm -hmm. classroom, they're going to take that with them into kindergarten and the rest of their life. Thank you so much for listening to the Brewing Bright Minds podcast. If you liked what you heard, please follow us, like, and subscribe for more. 